the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outburst of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild party, and other sins like these. Welcome to The Barnabas Effect with Paul Purvis, Senior Pastor of Mission Hill Church, a multicultural, multi-generational, multiplying church focused on shining the light and love of Jesus like a city on a hill. You're invited to visit any of the three locations in Temple Terrace and Tampa. For information and locations, visit missionhill.org. That's missionhill.org. Now, with today's message, here's Pastor Paul Purvis. One of my favorite verses, it says in Romans 5, 8, that God demonstrates his love for us and that even while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. The the baby that would be born in Bethlehem grows up to to be a perfect man. That man recognizing as God that somebody's going to have to pay for our sin. Someone's going to have to take the punishment. He dies on a cross as punishment for our sin. He offers us forgiveness and we simply have to receive the gift. And when we do, we get peace with God. Say, so how do I know if I'm still at war with God? Well, there are some signs of war. Just on Friday this week, I spent some time with my friend from Ukraine, Matthias. And um, he's, he's got an alarm on his phone. My friends in Israel have the same kind of alarm. And they get notifications when missiles are coming in. And those missile attacks that are just constant right now in Ukraine from Russia, they're signs of war. Well, there's signs of war in your life if you're at war with God. Irritability, quick temper, insecurity, impatience, arrogance, boasting, manipulation. Those are all signs of war, but don't just listen to me. Those are described in Galatians in chapter 5. It it calls it the works of the flesh. He says, when you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outburst of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild party, and other sins like these. So I'm just asking, are you at war with God? What does it look like when you have peace with God? Well, the Bible calls that the fruit of the Spirit. And it's in this same passage. It says the Holy Spirit produces the kind of fruit in our life. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I pray that you're at peace with God. And if not, I pray that this day you understand what Jesus did on your behalf so that you could have peace. And I pray that you receive the gift of peace that he makes available by trusting in him. That's peace with God. But there's a second truth. When Jesus rules your heart, you experience the peace of God. Now tune in because this is where a lot of you are are missing today. This is that internal or emotional peace. This is a piece that's described in, in what my mom's told me is her favorite verse, Isaiah 26, 3. You will keep in perfect peace 
All who trust in you. All whose thoughts are fixed on you. Don't you want to live in perfect peace? How do I do that? Well, I I focus on him. Maybe you've heard the serenity prayer. But have you heard all of it? You, You know this first part. God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change. The courage to change the things I can. And the wisdom to know the difference. But a lot of people stop there. That's not the end, is it, Jonathan? No, it says living one day at a time. Enjoying one moment at a time. Accepting hardship as a pathway to peace. Taking as Jesus did this sinful world as it is, not as I would have it, but trusting that you will make all things right if I surrender to your will so that I may be reasonably happy in this life and supremely happy with you forever in the next. That's by Reinhold Niebuhr, Serenity Prayer. That's what Paul's talking about in Colossians 3 and verse 15 when he says, and let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. Remember, he's the ruler. The question is, is Jesus ruling in your heart so that you experience the peace of God? As we yield to the rule of Jesus, he gives us peace. Second Thessalonians says that too. Now may the Lord of peace, the one who's ruling, the Lord, the king, may the one of peace himself give you his peace at all times and in every situation. Jesus talked about this in John 14. Now we remember John 14. You hear it a lot at funerals. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my father's house are many mansions. If it weren't so, I wouldn't tell you, but it is so. So I'm going to prepare one for you. And then later in that discourse, Jesus says this. While you're waiting, I'm going to leave you peace. But not peace as the world gives. I'm going to leave you my peace. Now think about what's the difference? Well, when the world gives peace, it always ends. You know, if if Ukraine and Russia, if if they resolve and have a a, a settlement of peace, guess what? Somewhere down the road, it'll probably break down. Seems like it always has. Better example is, is Israel, the state of Israel. And you know how many peace treaties have taken place in the last 70 plus years in Israel alone? Peace for a moment and then it breaks down. That's what I was talking about with your bank account or or with your retirement account. One day it may look good and it may give you peace. And then the next day you're like, holy cow, what am I going to do? But he gives us different peace. Everlasting peace. And it comes from him. C.S. Lewis puts it this way. He says, God cannot give us happiness and a peace apart from himself because it is not there. There is no such thing. The only true and lasting peace comes from Jesus. Are you looking to Jesus? We sing a song that kind of says we are. We sing a lot of songs that says we are, but I love this one. It says, let the king of my heart be the mountain where I run. The fountain I drink from. Be the shadow where I hide. The ransom for my life. Be the wind inside my sails. The anchor in the waves. Be the fire inside my veins. The echo of my days. He's never going to let me down. He's never going to let me down. Oh, he is good. He is good. He is so good. But too often, the king of our heart is not the mountain we run to. He's not the fountain we drink from. He's not the shadow we hide in. He's not the ransom we pay. He's not the wind that makes us go. He's not the anchor in our waves. He's not the fire in our veins. He's not the echo of our days. But friends, in those moments, it's not him that's let us down. 
Like the old hymn says, we're the one that have failed to turn to him. You remember these words if you've been in church a while. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not take it. What? To the Lord in prayer. Yeah. So what is that talking about? Well, that brings us to those verses I quote. It feels like every week because I just want you to know them. It comes from Philippians 4. Be anxious for nothing. So what's the opposite of peace? Anxiety, stress, worry, tension. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, in prayer, with supplication. So asking with thanksgiving, expecting God to answer. Make your request known to God. And then listen to what it says. And the peace of God that surpasses all human understanding will guard your heart and mind. How? Through Christ Jesus. Why? He's the ruler. He's the king. He's the source of peace. He's the only way to know the peace that surpasses understanding. That's the peace with God, the peace of God. Now, hey, before I move on, here's what happens. When I make peace with God by accepting the gift of forgiveness through Jesus Christ, we call that becoming a Christian, a follower of Christ, stepping across the faith line, being born again. I mean, you could call it a lot of different things. When I follow Jesus, I have peace with God. Now, when I have peace with God, one of the benefits I get is the peace of God. So when I'm walking in the Spirit, I begin to experience the peace of God. That means I'm okay with myself regardless of what's happening on the outside. So you may look at my life and say, good night, everything's falling apart. But I'm okay because I've got the peace of God. And once I'm okay with myself, guess what that equips me to do? I I can get right with others. You're never going to get right with others if, if you're not First, right with yourself. And you'll, and you'll never get right with yourself until you've made peace with God. I come in contact with sometimes with folks and they'll say, man, that's just a miserable person. And often I wonder, are they? They may be. They may need to have peace with God. But are, are you just miserable? And so you're seeing everything through that filter. And because you're miserable, everybody else looks miserable to you. And that takes us to this last thing. When Jesus rules your heart, you can have peace with other people. This is the external peace, our relational peace. And again, that first thing I'm saying, peace with God, that applies if you've never begun a relationship with Christ. The peace of God applies to those of us who have a relationship with Christ. That's what we long for. That's what we want to walk in and experience. And we do that by walking in the Spirit. Peace with others, again, that can only come if you have a relationship with Christ. I really believe that. In fact, I, I teach that every time I do premarital counseling. There's a number of couples in here that I, I've counseled. And, and so you know this. We draw a triangle. And at the top of that triangle, I put Jesus. And then you've got the husband and the wife at either side. And the goal is that they climb toward Jesus. They each pursue Jesus. And the closer they get to Jesus, the closer they are to one another. But in a relationship, if, if one of you is not pursuing Jesus, it's, it's probably going to have an impact on your relationship with one another. Because the further we get from God, the harder it is to live with other people. Because we're not at peace with ourselves. Now, what does the Bible say we should do 
Well, Romans 12, 18 says, do all you can to live at peace with everyone, to live in peace with everyone. Are you doing that? Because I know, man, I've been at this long enough. I know there's a lot of strained relationships that are represented in a crowd like this. Are you doing everything you can do? You, you can't do what you can't do. You can't control another person. You can't make another person be at peace with you. But are you doing everything you can do by the grace of God? That's what Paul talks about in 2 Corinthians in, in chapter uh, 5 and verse 18 when he talks about the gift of God who brought us back to himself through Christ and he's given us the task of reconciling people to him. We are to be ministers or what Paul calls in 2 Corinthians ambassadors of reconciliation. Jesus talked about it another way. Jesus said, let me see if you know this, blessed are the peacemakers. Notice he didn't say just the peaceable. Because you can just mind your own business and you might be peaceable. He didn't say, blessed are the peaceful. Because you can be okay with you and not make an effort to be all right with others. He doesn't even say, blessed are the peacekeepers. Because sometimes a peacekeeper might just hate conflict so much that they don't even live in truth. They don't live in reality. And and they don't stand up for what's right just because they want to keep peace. He says, blessed are the peacemakers. Those who understand that the source of peace is Jesus. So they live their life in such a way to make sure that those around them, that they've done everything they can to live at peace. Why? Because peace with God should give us the peace of God. And when we possess the peace of God, we should have have peace with others. Why? Because scripture teaches us that the source of peace is not a pill or a program or a philosophy, but the source of peace is a person and his name is Jesus. So I would just ask you, I would ask you today, do you know Jesus? If you know Jesus, you know peace. There's no reason if if you've got a relationship with Jesus, listen church, there's no reason not to walk in peace. If you're not walking in peace, please at least consider the possibility that you may not know my Jesus. You may know facts about him. You may be able to tell a Sunday school story. You may have intellectual assent that he's real, but you've never trusted that he did everything necessary to provide for your salvation and to give you peace. Are you allowing him to rule your heart? Are you resting in his peace? Is he ruling over the relationships in your life? Really? I mean, is he? Or are you trying to control the relationships? Are you trying to make somebody else better? Something you don't even have the ability to do. Are you letting him rule that? Here, I want to be clear, and I try to do this on a regular basis. I've had times where I wrestled with this, but I've always come to the complete confidence that when I was a seven-year-old child, I understood what Jesus had done for me. I trusted in him. He forgave my sin, and I became his child, and I've had peace with God. But I've struggled throughout life. So that's over 40 years since that time. I've struggled sometime to have peace of God, sometime to have peace with others. 
And here's what I decide. Here's where I land. Because really when you come to the end of a message of, of scriptural teaching, that's what you decide. What am I going to do? Where do I land? Here's where I land. I land where Micah landed near the end of this book that he wrote. It's in Micah 7 and, and verse 7. Listen to what he says. As for me, I look to the Lord for help. That's where I'm asking you to land. Matter of fact, I'm asking you to say that. For, I want you to say that with me. As for me, I look to the Lord for help. Let's say that together. As for me, I look to the Lord for help. I wait confidently for God to save me. And my God, oh, church, my God will certainly hear me. You're not going to cry out to God and him say, sorry, I'm busy with another patient. It just doesn't happen. As for me, regardless of the circumstances, I look to the Lord for help. And that's what my sweet friend Jenna has done through some pretty sorry circumstances of life. I want you to hear her story. So I accepted Jesus as my Savior when I was about seven years old, and that moment that I accepted Him, I knew that I needed His grace, and I know that I would never be able to get through anything on my own, but being only seven years old, I hadn't gone through anything, and that would quickly change in the years ahead. When I was 16, um, my mom made the decision to file for divorce with my dad and he was not um, emotionally stable. He was very, he was not a safe man. And we had to be taken from our home in the middle of the night. It was my dad, like that was supposed to be a safe person for me. And we were in immediate danger from him. When I woke up the next morning, um, my dad had made, made the decision to take his life. And though he wasn't successful, um, God removed him from my life. Just taking my dad out of my life was something very hard, but it was also very necessary. I've learned to depend on God as my father. He is my perfect father who will never hurt me. He'll never leave me and he'll never abandon me. And I've had so much more peace um, depending on God as my father. Uh, November of 2020, my best friend and my Ita both found out their cancer was back on the same day. And a few months later, Maita would pass. And um, I was so mad. So while she wasn't my family, she chose me. And she was able to open up her home to me. And she was a woman of the Lord. And she was my role model. Even when she was weak with cancer, um, she worshiped the Lord. And there was so much goodness about the Lord that she was able to praise. And when my Ita passed just a few months later, um, after getting her prognosis, Genesis was given a prognosis of, you have six weeks to live. And I just broke down and I was like, God, why are you taking everyone from me? And looking back on that moment where I was just on my knees, I was crying. Um, the Lord still said, I'm here. 
and he's not going to leave me. So for as much as I've gone through, it's given me the ability to help minister to others in several different ways, whether it's through loss, whether having that common grief, um, telling people that, you know, it, while the pain is still there, having that hope in the Lord will give you that joy. It'll give you that strength. God will meet you in those moments where you have absolutely nothing left. One thing that God has definitely taught me, even amidst my grief, whether it's grieving someone, grieving my health, grieving my best friend's health, you can still worship when you have nothing left. Um, when grief presses you to the dust, worship there. And just bringing that worship in, it can calm you, it can just settle whatever storm it is that you're going through. Will you give God praise for the peace that he's given to Jenna? I love what Jenna said at the end there. When, when grief presses you into the dust, you can worship there. Why is that? I think I know. The scripture repeatedly tells us when we humble ourselves before the Lord, when we make ourselves lower, He will lift us up. Do you know why He does that? Because when we get to the end of our rope, when we get to the bottom of the barrel, when we think we can't go on and there's nothing else we can do, then we're at the appropriate place at the feet of Jesus. And I've learned, whether you're religious or irreligious, whether you grew up like I did with great parents or you had a difficult upbringing, whether you came out of a Christian culture or another culture, once you get down to the feet of Jesus, the ground is level at the foot of the cross. So what about you? Where do you need peace? Is it in a relationship? Maybe with a spouse or a friend or a co-worker? Maybe even be with somebody you go to church with, an ex. Maybe it's just you're overwhelmed. I meet people and they say, I'm overwhelmed by just the negativity and the bickering and the division in the world. And Lord knows, you, you turn on a lot of TV and it just escalates that. Maybe you need peace with God. And if that's the case, I, I believe that the God of the universe, the God that knew 700 years when Micah wrote those words, 700 years before the birth of Jesus, that God knew exactly where Jesus would be born. And he knew that you would be here today. And he knew that you would hear about the source of peace. And he knew that you would have the opportunity to receive him today. So what are you going to do? You know, Jesus, let's bow our heads. Let's close our eyes. I want you to be honest in this moment. How many of you would say, Pastor Paul, there's no question in my mind. There's no doubt in this moment. I have a relationship with Jesus. If, if life ended today, I'm not going to be separated from him. I'm going to spend forever 
in heaven. There's no doubt in my mind. If that's you, I want you to just lift your hand up. Nobody's looking around. Just lift your hand up and put it down. Like I thought, that's a lot of us. It's most of us. Now, if you didn't feel comfortable raising your hand, I just want you to begin to ask why. Okay? There's at least a good possibility, right, that you've never yielded control of your heart to the ruler, King Jesus. So if that's the case, let me make sure one more time that you understand. Like me, when you were born, you were separated from God by your sin. If that's not dealt with, if Jesus doesn't become the ruler of your heart, you will stay separated from God and you'll spend forever separated from him. He doesn't want that. That's why that most famous verse in the Bible that probably somebody held up at the World Cup today that said, John three sixteen. For God so loved the world, he gave his only son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Your hope is not found in coming to church. It's not based in something you do or did at church. It's not based on your good deeds. Remember what we learned from Scripture. It's because of what Christ has done. You've been listening to The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis. The Barnabas Effect is here to provide listeners like you with biblical truth and spiritual encouragement. But it can't be done without your financial support. Go to missionhill.org and click on the Give tab. Your financial support helps us reach those seeking truth about God and themselves. Thank you for giving at missionhill.org. Be encouraged by The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis. Weekdays at 9 a.m. on Faith Talk Tampa. Online at letstalkfaith.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.